the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, session number 155. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. If you need some last-minute MCAT help, go to freemcatgift.com and read our 30-plus page report with some tips and tricks on how to maximize your MCAT score. Today we have a good story to tell you, one from Jamie, who is a junior in college and has her acceptance to medical school already. Now, you might think, well, that's normal. No, it's not normal. You typically apply after your junior year, and you get your acceptance senior year. And what Jamie did was she applied to an early acceptance program and was accepted. And the biggest part of that is, oh, I'm going to wait. She can tell you what the biggest part is because it comes soon. Let's go ahead and welcome Jamie. Jamie, welcome to the Medical School Headquarters podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. So I want to start off with your great news. One of those reasons why you are great. So recently you got great news. Why don't you tell the listener right now what that news was? Yeah, so I actually was lucky enough to be accepted a, or I guess conditionally accepted to a medical school a year early. So I am a junior now, but I actually applied after my sophomore year to this special program where basically I, I don't have to take the MCAT and I maintain these certain grades. I have to get B's and above. And in a year, they'll check up on me and then I'll get full acceptance, hopefully. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> you don't have to take the MCAT. Mm-hmm. That's all I heard in that <laughs> sentence, because if, if I didn't have to take the MCAT, I would have applied to medical school over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, yeah. So that's amazing. What's this program called? Well, it's the Still Scholars Program, and it is only at A.T. Still University in Kirksville, Missouri. Okay. So it's an early acceptance program, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, there are other early acceptance programs throughout the U.S. A.T. Stills isn't the only one that has it. Right. Um, I don't know. By the time this comes out, go check the show notes which you can get at medicalschoolhq.net slash 155. And hopefully we'll have a list of some uh, early acceptance programs there because it's a huge thing. I know at my undergrad, the University of Florida, they had what they called the Junior Scholars Program. And they, their Junior Honors Program, maybe. Either way, mm -hmm. uh, it was an early acceptance program. You applied after your freshman or sophomore year and had that conditional acceptance just like you had. And actually... I think your fourth year of undergrad is your first year of med school too. So oh, okay. It's, it's a little bit different because it's the same mm -hmm. because you, it's only for UF students, I believe. So they kind of tie it together with the undergrad. Yeah, I think there are quite a few schools that have that type of partnership. I think at least in the osteopathic schools, this was the only one that I saw 
that I didn't have to go to kind of a sister school to apply to the program. So. So let's talk about your thought processes when you were deciding that you wanted to apply to an early acceptance program. What what sort of mm-hmm. how did you hear about them and then what sort of research did you dig into? Yeah, so I actually heard about the program when I met with one of their student ambassadors at my school. So one of their students who had graduated from my school, the University of Nebraska Lincoln. He came and visited and was willing to meet with students. And I met with him and we really, we really hit it off. We connected really well and I really enjoyed talking with him and hearing about the school. And it was obvious that he was really passionate about the school and he clearly enjoyed his experience there. And so I guess that was the first. What year were you this time when you met with him? I must've been a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was also meeting with other representatives from different schools just to kind of feel out the arena. And um, I guess he was the one that really I was the most impressed with. The other school representatives didn't seem to have the same enthusiasm naturally. They were obviously trying to make it sound really good, but I didn't feel that it was, I guess, as genuine. And it's hard to judge a school based off of meeting one person, but I guess that was my first good impression. And then he told me about the program because he could see that I was pretty interested. And I Googled it and (laughs) found it. (laughs) Yep. Always the first place to start. Oh, yes. (laughs) And um, let's see. What else did I do? I, I researched the school as much as I could because... One of the conditions of this program is that you only apply to this school. So I wanted to make sure that if I was actually going to apply, then, you know, it was somewhere that I wanted to go. And so I ended up visiting the school and meeting with some of the admissions people there and talking to professors and the students. And I kept in contact with that particular ambassador student. And I guess the more I learned, the more I totally fell in love with both osteopathic medicine and this particular school. And so I decided to go ahead and apply. And at that time, I really thought it was a long shot because, I mean, they accept 15 people maximum and and they don't always reach that maximum goal. So they really only accept people if they actually want them right so in the past they had accepted maybe five eight people and so I I thought well I'll try I know I'll apply to the school later anyway so I'll give it a shot and (laughs) by some grace it worked so (laughs) did you apply anywhere else no so that's I had to sign like a contract saying that I wouldn't apply to anywhere else okay interesting Mm -hmm. so so with the early decision program early acceptance you're basically putting all your eggs in one basket. Yep. <laughs> okay, but well, this is this is different than the early decision program. Right. Like you would apply your junior year through the normal AMCAS or ACOMAS application. Because in that situation, if you get rejected, you're scrambling pretty late in the game to put in the rest of your applications. But here, you're still a year ahead of the time. Exactly. So it wasn't really a big risk to apply. And... Obviously, the benefits were incredible. So, yep. Yeah. Again, not having to take the MCAT. (laughs) What was that application process like? 
it's a very similar application to, I think, the standard med school application, maybe just a little bit condensed. So I had four essays and then obviously kind of a an outline where I had to fill in all of my activities, my any work experience, extracurriculars and all of that. And then I had three reference letters. I had one of my science professors and then I guess another science professor that I used as my extracurricular because he's my, um, I guess, my boss for TAing for genetics. And then what was the last one? Oh, a doctor that I had shadowed was my last reference. Okay. The application process, it, it sounds very similar, getting letters of recommendations and, and the essays. What did they evaluate? Obviously, they're not looking at your MCAT score. Are they going back into your high school years? You know, I actually did put a few things from my high school years on there. They requested my ACT score, which was interesting, Mm -hmm. but reasonable because I'm sure they need something to kind of gauge your academic ability on since they don't have the MCAT score. They also, I put on there one of the things that I had done in high school was a research internship at the Nebraska Heart Institute. And it was such a big part of my formation and pre-med that I thought it was valuable enough to put on there, even though it had been in high school. So yeah, I guess to some extent I included some things. Yeah. Okay. So really the big thing there is instead of the MCAT, they're looking at your ACT. Mm -hmm. And obviously my GPA and all that. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. When did you decide that you wanted to be a physician? Wow. I think it's really just been something I've always known. It's more of not something I want to become, but really something, it's really who I am, if that makes any sense. But yeah, I've always known since I was really little. Okay. Do you have any family members that are physicians or what was your exposure to healthcare early on for you to know this? I don't have any physicians in my family or even my distant family. I think my earliest exposure to medicine was probably when my grandma got cancer when I was pretty young. And she had been a huge part of my upbringing. So it was, it was a pretty <laughs> traumatic time. But it also showed me so much about, you know, how the power of medicine in her life and the incredible connection that her doctors had. They were led into this, I guess, unique um, relationship with her. And I wanted to do the same for other people. Okay, that's very cool. What was the, once you turned in your application, you got an interview, obviously. Talk about interview day. Were you interviewing along with regular applicants to medical school or was it strictly for this Stills Scholars program? I believe that there were other applicants at least around the same time, so maybe different days during the week. But that particular day, at least as far as I know, was just us. And I think it was a pretty typical interview day. We had a tour and we met with a lot of the students and we had lunch with them and we could ask them lots of questions and things like that. What else did we do? You had an interview. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes, we had three interviews. 
And the first one was with a doctor, I believe. Yes. It was a MD PhD lady who it was a very conversational interview. It was honestly nothing like what I was expecting. And then the second interview was with a admissions person and she had more of the classic interview style. It was still very conversational and relaxed, but she had specific questions that she was asking me. And then the last one was also very conversational, but I thought that I was able to hit maybe some more of the key interview points that I had practiced. And that was with a, some type of administrator. I think she's a doctorate of health education. What was one of the hardest questions they asked you? I think the hardest was she asked me what I was something that annoyed me <laughs> and how I dealt with that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Did you mention a sibling or something? <laughs> I actually don't have any siblings. Oh, okay. I wish I did. <laughs> Only child. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So obviously one of the biggest benefits here is your ability to kind of free up your schedule. Talk about how how getting that acceptance now has kind of a domino effect on the rest of your undergrad career. Yeah, so now my schedule is much more free. I don't have to take some of the classes that I would have had to take for the MCAT specifically. So, for instance, sociology, I think I don't have to take. I probably won't take the second semester of biochem, depending on how my schedule ends up lining up. So now I'm free to, I guess, explore other areas of education that I probably wouldn't have had time to before. I'm very interested in English. I have an English minor, so now I can probably take more classes like that and other things like cancer biology and things that pre-meds would love to take but never have time to, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very excited for that because I can explore types of information that I won't have the chance to in medical school when it's all science classes. and So I can get some of that in now. Great. What you'd mentioned earlier that this is a conditional acceptance. Talk about mm -hmm. the leash that they keep you on. So the main thing is that I have to get B's or above. So no B minuses, which I guess is a good goal anyway for pre-med, but it's a much more direct cutoff. So that's the main thing. And then I also have to continue shadowing and volunteering, of course, because they want me to continue developing clinical experience and get exposure to what life as a doctor is going to be like. And so I can learn some of those lessons before medical school. Let's see what else. They will be assigning me some kind of peer mentor with one of the students. So that's someone really, I guess that's not really a condition, but it's one of the benefits that I will have someone that I can keep in contact with and ask any questions that come up. I think we'll also do some kind of book review thing. We'll all read a book together and discuss it. It should be fun. <laughs> Very good. So if one of your classes, you get a B minus, does that mean you're automatically done or do they review and look at your totality of the rest of your coursework? As far as I understand, that's pretty much it. 
I do technically reapply. So after my junior year, I'll still have to fill out the application and I will re-interview. But I get the first interview slots that still scholars do. So my understanding is that that's pretty much a year out, try applying the regular route. But I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay. Do you know any information about the percentage of students that are accepted into this program as an early acceptance and then those that actually are able to matriculate? I think, I don't think they've ever had anyone actually fall out of it. It's just maybe particularly because it's a very new program. They've only had it for a few years. Yeah. So, yeah, but... I remember talking to one of the admissions people about that, and I don't think they've ever had anyone that didn't complete it. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Would you recommend this program for any pre-med that kind of knows medicine is for them, or is it only for a special set of people? I would say specifically this program at this school, or do you mean any type of early acceptance? Any, any early acceptance. I think the biggest thing is that you truly know that this is the school for you because any medical school is going to give you a good education, but it's looking at where you're going to fit best. It's looking at what type of community you're going to grow the most in, what type of environment you learn the best in. And for me, this is the perfect fit. But I think that since it is so committal and you don't interview anywhere else, um, and you don't get that chance to look at other schools, I think you really have to be sure before you apply to something like this. Did you ever take a trip to the school before you applied and before you made that commitment? Yeah, I did. So since it was a big commitment, I thought, well, I should, I should at least visit and make sure that I like the place. So I did. I went to uh, Missouri and I met with the admissions staff and took a tour and talked with some of the students and I was just continually impressed and I felt really at home. Oh. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. I've heard over and over and over again that students will go to a school and realize that like it, it's their number one school and then go for either an interview day or for like a just an early preview and they realize that the environment is not good. The personalities of the people aren't good just the overall mm -hmm. vibe that they get just isn't good so what was their number one school just because maybe it's prestige or whatever it may be now is not their a top choice or even a choice at all so it's it's very important mm -hmm. to go to these schools and and see especially for an early acceptance program where you are committing to that school absolutely very very cool so I want to congratulate you for getting in, getting this early acceptance program, for not having to take the MCAT. <laughs> what advice, what resources have you used? What would you tell the pre-med out there to start looking at on their journey? Wow, that's a big question. Well, I would say the biggest thing is to just connect with things like this, the Medical School Headquarters podcast and the community and to meet with other pre-meds who have the same 
idea of collaboration and kind of the flip side of that is to maybe stay away from the people that are going to stress you out about competing with them and are so focused on how your grade compares to theirs. And I think that's a very toxic environment and not really healthy for anyone. The other thing is to really, I guess, start early with all of your pre-med things. So one of the reasons that I was able to get into this program is because I had already had quite a bit of clinical experience and already quite a bit of volunteering. And that was because I was, you know, informed and I had met with my advisor and I had talked about this and that, and I had read all sorts of things online about it and read a lot of books, things like that. So I think staying informed and starting early and putting yourself in the right environment, you'll be fine. All right. Again, that was Jamie. Congratulations to her for her early acceptance program. I am super jealous that she gets to kind of study what she wants, doesn't have to take the MCAT. And as long as she maintains that B average or maintains a B in all of her classes, she sounds like will start medical school at AT Stills. So congrats to you, Jamie. Tons of great information. If you're a high school student right now, if you're just starting off in your undergrad journey, and this is something you're interested in, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash 155, and we'll try to put together a list there as best we can of some early acceptance programs so you can get a feel for what's out there. As we talked about during the interview, do your homework. Make sure that you know what program you're applying to if you do this. Make sure you know that you like the campus, that you like the environment, that you like the people, the faculty, whatever it may be. It's important, as Jamie was talking about, you're basically signing a contract saying, I'm only applying here, and if I'm accepted, I'm only going to go here. And so I, it's not taken lightly. Make sure you do your homework, as always. All right, we had two amazing new reviews come in, one from Joanna Lee that says, a pre-med must listen. She said, I just listened to Podcast 74. That's the one with Carrie, if you don't remember, a non-traditional path to medical school. I can't tell you how inspired and in awe I am by your guests, this one in particular, and their stories. She goes on to say, thank you. So you're welcome. I try to find amazing guests with amazing stories to highlight the fact that if they can do it, so can you. So thank you for that review. Another one from DKR34 that says, the best pre-medical resource on the net. Over the past four years of my pre-medical career, I have found tons of resources available for students pursuing medicine, but none have come close to this incredible podcast. Awesome, awesome review. Thank you. If you haven't left a rating interview yet, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes where you can do that. If you don't listen on an iPhone or don't have a Mac or don't have iTunes set up, you can uh, go to Stitcher and leave a, a rating interview there as well. But did you know the number one thing you can do to help spread the awareness of this podcast? Go tell your friend, go tell your classmate, go tell your pre-med advisor, let them know about the podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Well, I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today. And if you want more information about the pre-med path, go check out Pre-Med Life magazine at premedlife 
com. Tons of great articles, tons of great information for you, the pre-med. And after you do that, come back and join us here next week at the medical school headquarters. <laughs> <laughs>